RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt and today is Tuesday, September 17th, 2019. On today's show, a new Star Trek Discovery novel focused on Lieutenant Stamets is due out in December. Douglas Trumbull, VFX director for Star Trek The Motion Picture, describes rebuilding the Enterprise for that iconic scene. And the Star Trek fan film Axanar is set to start filming again next month. All this plus the week's Trek trivia coming up next. A new Star Trek Discovery novel is headed to bookstores this December. Comicbook.com brings us the story that the new novel is called Star Trek Discovery Dead Endless and will be written by David Galanter. Like other recent Discovery novels, it will focus on a single member of Discovery's crew. In this case, it's Lieutenant Paul Stamets, the astromycology expert and inventor of the spore drive. The book synopsis reads, The USS Discovery's specialty is using its spore-based hub drive to jump great distances faster than any warp-faring vessel in Starfleet. To do this, Lieutenant Paul Stamets navigates the ship through the recently revealed mycelial network, a subspace domain Discovery can briefly transit, but in which it cannot remain. After responding to a startling distress call originating from within the network, the Discovery crew find themselves trapped in an inescapable realm where they will surely perish unless their missing mycelial fuel is found or restored. Is the seemingly human man found alone and alive inside the network the Starfleet officer he claims to be, or an imposter created by alien intruders who hope to extract themselves from the mycelial plane at the expense of all lives aboard Discovery? While the synopsis sounds reminiscent of the Discovery Season 2 episode, Saints of Imperfection, in which we find Dr. Culber trapped in the mycelial network, The story is apparently different and will be an original Star Trek novel. The cover art was recently revealed by the publisher Simon & Schuster and features Anthony Rapp as Lieutenant Stamets and Wilson Cruz as Dr. Culber. Once again, the novel Star Trek Discovery Dead Endless is out December 17th. It's available to pre-order now on Amazon. There's more news today about Star Trek The Motion Picture, as visual effects director Douglas Trumbull spoke to IGN about that dry dock scene and how he made it come to life. The film was famously over budget and at risk of failing to make its completion deadline when Trumbull came onto the production. IGN explains, while Hollywood legend Robert Wise directed The Motion Picture, He was also aware that the production was in dire straits as it faced that impending release date. So Trumbull actually wound up directing several of the effects sequences himself, including the dry dock segment. Wise totally trusted me, recalls Trumbull, so he just said, Doug, just do whatever you can. First, 
it was a job to rebuild the existing enterprise model, which wasn't translating well to a big screen format. As Trumbull recalled, the shell of the model existed, and it was just a big fiberglass model, and it didn't have much detail to it. And whoever was designing the process of making the visual effects hadn't really thought about what I was thinking about, which was how do you see the Enterprise when it's in deep space, when it's not near the sun or a star or anything? What's the source of light? How are you going to make this thing beautiful? To get it up to snuff, Trumbull and his team redesigned the rig's lighting, including taking apart the model itself to build a lighting system inside the ship. They also gave the ship a detailed paint job, in part to support shots in which the camera would be mere inches away from the surface of the model. And that was really pivotally important, Trumbull said, to be able to get the camera very close. And it had to hold up, you know, because we had no computer graphics. We had no way to tweak things in post-production, so it had to look good on camera. When it came to shooting the now iconic sequence, Trumbull said he wanted to make the reveal of the ship like one of the big epic reveals of cinema. To do that, he used the dry dock itself to obscure the view for the first part of the sequence. And then the camera turns around to reveal the front of the ship unobscured. Trumbull said, that's what I call the big master reveal shot, with everything going on all at once, which is the Enterprise, the dry dock, the Earth, all kinds of little craft flying around, and the music. He went on to describe the scoring session for that scene as movie magic. They gave it to Jerry Goldsmith, and then Jerry performed that score. And I was able to actually be at the scoring session, which was one of the most exciting moments in my life. If you've ever been to a scoring session, it's like one of the most exciting moments, when movie magic really takes off. The effects for the film weren't all grand and epic, though. Trumbull recalls building a special rig for just one shot of a stuntman as the Enterprise leaves dry dock. We had to build a little harness for a stuntman that would grab him like a clamp, but was mounted on a shaft on a rotating bearing. So he could just stand there and push off and flip himself upside down, but rotate on a center of gravity. And we shot him on a green screen, I think, and it was really fun to do that. Star Trek The Motion Picture is playing in theaters for just one more night, this Wednesday, September 18th. For tickets and showtimes, visit fathomevents.com. Up next, more news and Trek Trivia Tuesday. But first, a word from me. Yesterday, in this part of the show, I told you about how daily Star Trek news is really a solo endeavor for me. So today, I thought I'd give you a bit more insight into how the show gets made. During the day, I work a full-time job, and when I get off, I get straight to gathering news. I have a list of trusted sources, and on any given day, I try to find the most compelling and relevant stories that I think my listeners will engage with. Then I go hang out with my kids, make dinner, do bedtime, and get to production. This show is a labor of love for me because it's the kind of show I would listen to if I weren't making it myself. Now, if Daily Star Trek News is the kind of show you like listening to as well, please help support the work I do bringing it to you. You can contribute from just $1 a month, and please believe me when I say that every dollar helps. To find out more, just head to patreon.com forward slash daily star trek news. 
That's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. Controversial Star Trek fan film Axanar is due to start filming its next installments next month. Eleven Alive WXIA out of Atlanta, Georgia, reported yesterday that two episodes following on from the popular fan film Prelude to Axanar will go into production October 4th through 6th. Star Trek actors J.G. Hertzler and Gary Graham will star in the episodes. The Axanar production has not been without controversy. Prelude to Axanar was, by all standards, a wildly successful fan film, which made its debut at San Diego Comic-Con in 2014, and has since racked up over 4 million views on YouTube. It was a documentary-style short film presented as part of a Federation documentary on the Four Years' War with the Klingons. The Battle of Axanar was mentioned briefly in the canon Star Trek Season 3 episode, Whom Gods Destroy. The Kickstarter campaign funding Prelude to Axanar raised over $100,000, and the 20-minute film starred well-known actors Kate Vernon, Tony Todd, and Richard Hatch, in addition to Hertzler and Graham. After Prelude, the film's creator, Alec Peters, set about raising money for the feature film Axanar. It raised over $600,000 on Kickstarter. And then Star Trek rights holders CBS and Paramount stepped in. According to Wikipedia, in December of 2015, they filed a lawsuit seeking damages for copyright infringement. In early 2017, the parties settled and Axanar was allowed to continue with production, as long as they complied with the newly established Star Trek fan film guidelines. Namely, they could produce no more than two episodes of 15 minutes each. Not long after, production of Axanar moved from California to Georgia, where it will now take place. According to Eleven Alive, scenes will be filmed at Ares Studios in Lawrenceville. And now, it's Trek Trivia Tuesday. Did you know, Star Trek The Motion Picture was the very first movie tie-in for McDonald's Happy Meals. According to StarTrek.com, McDonald's released five versions of the boxed meals in 1979 with five different prizes, including Star Trek plastic rings, a board game, and a plastic communicator toy. So now, a trivia question for you. The first time we meet number one on Star Trek Discovery, she orders french fries and a cheeseburger from the food synthesizer in the mess hall. But what kind of sauce does she order on her burger? Find out on Friday's episode of Daily Star Trek News. Now don't forget that both Priority One and Mission Log will be broadcasting live this evening. Priority One is up first, broadcasting the live recording of the show that you'll hear when it comes out on Friday. Get a peek behind the scenes and hang out in the chat room. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Head to PriorityOnePodcast.com for details. Then at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, it's Mission Log Live. Ken Ray and John Champion discuss Trek topics with a special guest, and they're taking your calls so you can be part of the discussion, too. Head to facebook.com forward slash mission log pod for more. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. 
For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email at info at dailystartreknews.com or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Daily Trek News. I'm back tomorrow with more of the Star Trek news you need to know, and this week in Trek history. I'm Alison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network